Hi, welcome to episode five of Idaho SESTA's Classroom Management Behavior Series podcast. This is a place for general and special educators of all grade levels to hear about topics important to you. Our goal is to help you develop effective classroom management practices, improve student performance, and maintain appropriate behavior in the classroom. I'm Brianna Kober, Behavior Coordinator in the Southern Region of Idaho, and I'm co-hosting today with Jen Jones, Behavior Coordinator in the North Region of Idaho. We're now in part three of our classroom management behavior series, and the topic for the quarter is challenging behavior. We started with our foundational four, which discussed how to set your classroom up for success, and then part two focused on functional thinking. Now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into challenging behavior. So go ahead, Jen. Great. Thanks, Bree. Well, I love to talk about challenging behavior. Um, You know, the kind that pushes your buttons and disrupts your classroom, interrupts teaching and learning. Even worse, sometimes that behavior is not safe for students or the staff in the classroom. It can be frustrating, to say the least, and it is one of the biggest issues we hear about across the state. So, where do we start? This can often be overwhelming, especially if you feel like you have little control over the behavior. Number one, is it possible to prevent the behavior? When it's a crisis type behavior, it's crucial that we reduce that behavior as soon as possible. Even if it's not a crisis, we don't want that student practicing that behavior because we don't want that behavior to get any stronger. So right away, we might take a look at things that trigger the behavior and try to eliminate or reduce those as much as we can. Say I had a student who really began to escalate last week whenever she was given a writing task to where chairs were being thrown and other students were both disrupted from their learning and in some amount of danger. I don't know what's going on with this student. Were there changes at home? Is she getting sick? Have the assignments gotten more abstract and now are too difficult for her? I need some time to figure this out and I'm going to buy myself that time by eliminating or reducing the difficulty of those assignments right away. It might look like giving an alternate easier assignment that day giving a choice between an easier assignment or the writing task, or even one of the adults in the classroom letting her know that he's going to sit right next to her, help with the answers, and even write them down for her. So that might help, but let's back it up one step farther. What happened last week when our students suddenly and unexpectedly escalated? Well, this classroom team rocks. They had actually met earlier this year to come up with a game plan for sudden unexpected behavior. Some of the staff were really nervous starting out the school year because they didn't know what to expect or feel equipped to deal with that kind of escalated behavior. So when this particular student escalated, they were ready because they knew what to do and why. Everyone stayed calm. There was no gasping or raised voices or rushing over to the student. They all put on their poker faces and took a good, deep breath. The closest adult said quietly, calmly, and soothingly, hey, can I help you? It looks like you are having a hard time, while slowly moving closer, but not too close to the student. The other adults surveyed the room, encouraged everyone to stay focused on their own work, supported another student who looked scared, and kept a close eye on the staff member supporting the escalated student. I really like that, Jen, but one concern I have is it sounds like they're getting a lot of attention. Couldn't that reinforce the behavior? Right? You definitely want to think about that. 
when a team is dealing with a sudden unexpected behavior, they have no idea at that point what the function of the behavior is, so they want to proceed with caution. You're right, that sudden intense attention from adults or peers could end up reinforcing the behavior, as could removing the student from the classroom. In this case, everyone stayed calm, the student didn't get sudden intense attention, she wasn't further escalated, the staff were able to help her calm in the back of the room and eventually get her back on task, they avoided an extended amount of time away from the assignment and from the environment. And because the student didn't escalate any further, she learned that she could calm in the classroom. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Jen. A big reason for that is that she learned she can trust the adults within the environment. Responding in a calm manner allows for building rapport and showing empathy towards the student. Technically, you are providing attention, but much less compared to the big lecture or intense sudden reaction. Additionally, as you're trying to figure out what the function is, you will take that supportive and empathetic attention and give it at other times when the student is not having the behavior. Because if the only time she gets it is after that big sudden behavior, it could end up being a reinforcer for that behavior. Absolutely, Bree. We want to make sure she's getting that empathy and support at other times and not just following those behaviors. That will really be a key for her. So let's give some more non-examples or some examples of some things we would not hear during this behavioral episode. Yes. So sometimes we can fall into our natural instincts of trying to question the student as to why are they doing this or what were you thinking? I am just as guilty as the next person. However, we really need to keep in mind that these responses are not likely going to decrease the behavior, especially if a student is escalating. Asking a question like this allows them to respond with an answer that we may not want to hear. I'm not going to ask, what did you just say? because why would I want them to repeat it? It's probably not very nice. Another one I hear is, do I need to call someone? That can be music to this kid's ears. Plus, reducing the amount of talking you are doing minimizes the amount of attention. We do not want to ignore the kid, but we can ignore that behavior. Exactly, Bree. We should also remember how many kids we are dealing with who might come from a background of trauma. We always want to make sure that we're treating the student with empathy and respect while minimizing attention for that inappropriate behavior as much as we possibly can. Reducing how much talking we're doing really helps with that. I can maintain firm boundaries and expectations while still treating the child with empathy and respect. If I am consistent with my response to some of their more challenging behaviors, they will learn that I am a trusted adult. This sets the stage for me to focus on teaching the replacement behavior versus reacting to the problem behavior. Yeah, one example of using this would be when a child is escalated. Maybe there's a room being destroyed or property destruction, or maybe even some physical aggression. One of the most powerful experiences for this child can be an adult treating them with unconditional positive regard acknowledging that they are okay, even when their behavior is not. When they are feeling so overwhelmed or out of control, it is our job as the adults to share our calm and not our overwhelming emotions or feelings. 
I like to view the challenging behavior as the student saying, I can't take this anymore and I'm putting it on you. And it is my job to be there, pick up that weight of the world that's on this little kid's shoulders and help them get through it. Yeah, exactly. And even for our students who are not so little anymore, even those great big students might really need our support as they're working through those emotions. So back to the student who was throwing chairs, who we were talking about earlier. Their team had a plan for responding to unexpected behavior, and now they are trying some initial prevention strategies. But to be really successful, they can't stop there. This student has a need, and she needs a better way to get it met. So that's our job, not to mete out punishment to teach her a lesson. The real lesson is to teach a skill that will work for her and change her behavior in the future. It's differential reinforcement. I want to reinforce that new, more appropriate behavior to increase it in the future, and I want to minimize reinforcement for problem behavior as much as I can. That's how you change behavior for the long term. Yes. So here is a huge shout out to all of you in schools and classrooms who are not only teaching those academic skills, but you're doing exactly this. You are being that trusted adult that these students need. We see you and we appreciate you. And we hope this podcast can provide a little bit of inspiration. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed a very hot topic. We hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. If you liked this podcast on challenging behavior, make sure you join us for our live Zoom session occurring March 3rd. This is an opportunity for all educators to chat with SESTA behavior coordinators about all things challenging behavior. Links to all of the part one and part two resources can be found below in the show notes. You can find this in future podcasts as well as other great resources on topics relevant to classroom management on the Out of the Box series webpage located on the Idaho Training Clearinghouse at idahotc.com forward slash behavior. Thanks for listening. Idaho SESTA is funded by the Special Education Department of the Idaho State Department of Education. I'd like to thank Idaho Training Clearinghouse for helping to bring this podcast to you. The ITC is in making special education training opportunities and resources available to school professionals and parents for many years. Whether you're looking for behavioral strategies, how to write high quality IEPs, support for paraprofessionals, assistive technology, collaborating with gen ed teachers, and so much more, the ITC is a great first stop. Topics are covered with modules, webinars, and downloadable resources right from your desktop or handheld device. Visit IdahoTC.com and begin your search with our behavioral topics page to see what is already there. Oh, and the best part, it's free.